Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Hello and welcome to the Built On Air podcast. Built On Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide, the leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out OpenSide.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase. In this episode, we chat with Jeremy Oglesby, a software developer and Airtable community leader. Jeremy recalls his experience searching for a way to simplify the data entry process for cataloging equipment for his job and how that search led him to Airtable. Today, Jeremy is a familiar presence on the Airtable community forums, and he uses his adept knowledge to help newbies and developers alike in troubleshooting their own bases. He explains how he uses Airtable for just about anything, including scoring board game results. That's right, Jeremy walks us through an Airtable base he made to ease the game night headache of accurately reporting the winner after a game of Seven Wonders, a complex board game with so many variables in the scorecard that only a database would do. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. Um, My number one question, how did you find Airtable? Oh, boy. So I was a teacher for several years. And while I was teaching, I was always dabbling with online technologies. Um, I, for example, beta tested Google Classroom way back when it was first being released. And uh, by the time I decided to leave teaching as a profession, I had gotten my own classroom about 95% paper-free. So I had converted uh, most of my curriculum materials into uh, digital resources for my students, and they were doing their their assignments uh, on devices for the most part. Mm -hmm. At that point, I was still pretty new to using all of these web technologies. but I left teaching and I went back into the construction industry. So I had been in the construction industry before teaching and mm-hmm. went back um, working for an, uh, a civil and geotechnical engineering firm. I was working in the laboratory for a long time as a, as a laboratory technician, uh, but eventually got uh, promoted into the QA department. So the company already was, uh, it, it or at least the division of the company I was working in, did materials QA. So we were testing uh, asphalt, concrete, uh, aggregates, uh, doing geotechnical analysis for construction projects. Um, So I moved into the QA department, uh, which uh, the main responsibilities there was uh, uh, keeping equipment calibrated, um, keeping track of training for technicians, Um, just making sure that our processes were operating smoothly and everything. Um, And a big part of that was record keeping. Mm -hmm. Um, We would have, we had uh, three different organizations that were auditing us on a rotating schedule uh, such that we had on average two audits a year. And these were like three to five day affairs uh, where we had people in our laboratory combing through our records, making sure that we were keeping everything up to date, 
because, you know, it's kind of a big deal if, you know, we're testing the strength of concrete tilt panels used to build buildings and we aren't doing a good job of testing that concrete. That could be catastrophic for the building that gets built. I could see that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we had to keep, uh, we had to keep very strict records of uh, all of our equipment, its status, all of our processes, um, all of the training for our technicians, making, making sure that they're competent at what they're doing. And, uh, when I joined the QA department, they were still keeping paper records. Um, and so coming, mm -hmm. coming from having just transitioned my classroom as a teacher to being paper-free, um, I decided that that was going to have to take place in the QA department at my company <laughs> as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I started, this was my real first foray into programming of any kind. Um, and they were already using um, Microsoft Excel um, but what they did was they, they just built kind of, uh, forms that they could input data into, and it would do all the, the heavy lifting of calculations and stuff for them. Um, and they had it formatted, uh, nicely for printing. So they would input all the information and then they would print it and store the paper record. And they were just lining this hallway with file cabinets of records because I mean, it's just tons and tons of records. And I was right. like, this is, this is not sustainable. So the, the first thing I did was I started dabbling with Excel and uh, learning how to use um, visual basic scripting inside of Excel mm -hmm. and converting some of those forms into little databases in and of themselves. So you'd input the data on the same page that they had before that was all formatted pretty to look like a page, like a form page. Right. Uh, but then I added a button that would run a script and save all the data into another sheet uh, in that same uh, in that same Excel spreadsheet and and uh, just keep a record, keep those records there. But then I quickly realized, you know, it'd be really great to have this available on the web because we're often out in the field or out in a laboratory, so, you know, an offsite laboratory or something uh, where we have to do these calibrations or we have to um, test our technicians or whatever and keep records of these things. And it'd be nice if we could do it on a tablet or on a laptop um, away from our, um, away from our, our main office. And Excel just didn't, didn't work out well as a web tool for that kind of thing. So this kind of went hand in hand with, I also started learning real programming. Um, the first thing I did was I actually built us a, a web application in Ruby on Rails. Um, so learned, learned some Ruby, learned a bit about web technologies and, and how to build an application and uh, built a pretty simple little equipment tracking database, basically, in Ruby mm -hmm. on Rails. Um, but I, I quickly realized kind of the scope of what I needed to do was uh, it, it would take years and, and probably would have been nice to have another developer or six <laughs> working with me. On yeah, a project for a whole size. company that seems like a you like you gave yourself quite a big of a task to yeah, a yep. learn Ruby and b come up with a a usable product that you would then deploy to your company to use regularly. Yes, That's and I, I was I, yeah, and I was uh, very lucky to that my company was. Uh, giving me the time and space to do that kind of thing mm -hmm. uh, alongside my regular work duties. Um, but it was at that point that I discovered Airtable and I first heard about it on a podcast, uh, not this one, but 
Uh, I listen to various, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I listen to various uh, technology podcasts and just heard someone mention it and how they were how they were using Airtable to track something, and so I decided to check it out. And I didn't have any um, any background in kind of the 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 forerunners that delved into this field of of web based uh, databases or easy to use. Uh, designer databases, right? Right. Um, so Airtable was my first experience, and it was just eye-opening and jaw-dropping to me. Um, you know, I was along with learning programming. I was still learning SQL at the time too, and uh, realizing, oh, I can see the parallels here between how I was building my database for my Ruby on Rails application and how I could use Airtable to build that same database in like. One twentieth the time, right? And still have a nice user interface uh, for the other people in my department uh, to use. Um, so I quickly shifted gears and started building, uh, started building out our equipment tracking and technician training and all of these things uh, as databases in Airtable. Um, and uh, we quickly saw the value in that and expanded on it like crazy. Um, I'm no longer with. Uh, that company, but they are still using the Airtable database that I built and still <laughs> contacting me from time to time with questions on how to mm -hmm. use it and how to improve it. So that was my first real introduction to Airtable. Wow. And, okay. Yeah. And uh, along that process too, of learning how to use Airtable, um, I discovered the forums um, and became a member there. And uh, have always enjoyed for the last few years uh, uh, taking on the the challenges of people's questions on the forums. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it's uh, I do it in my free time. It's kind of like you know a, a relaxing thing for me, which my wife always finds strange uh, that I find it relaxing to try and solve Airtable challenges. <laughs> um, it is and it isn't. <laughs> I, yeah. I agree. And then you know, then I'll be up at like one o'clock in the morning saying, yeah. why did I do this to myself? Yeah. 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 It's, it's always different though, when it's someone else's problems, right? It <laughs> is don't, true. You don't feel quite the same sort of pressure uh, to make sure that, uh, uh, you know, make sure that it gets done on a, on a, at a particular time or anything like that. It's, I can just kind of hop on the forums and contribute an answer here and there and then be done when I feel like being done. So, yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Uh, I would agree. And it's, and it's helpful, obviously. So you've, you've been in the forums for quite some time and have, have put in your work, as I would say. Um, I wanted to know, and I guess since you transitioned to Airtable for that particular project, I wanted to know like the difference between originally you had your setup in Excel and you would have had to teach your coworkers how to use this new process. And then you transitioned later to Airtable. Now you have to teach them how to use that process. Well, Airtable is pretty user friendly, but there's still kind of the, the nitty gritty of how do you use it? How was that process like? And how many people did you actually have to coach? Um, I think there are about five people probably that I had to coach on using this database in Airtable. And um, yeah, I sat them down in front of a whiteboard and I taught them um, the basic concept of entity relationships in databases. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I used that language because I knew that they'd, uh, I knew that they'd be able to, to pick it up. Um, 
so you know the the concept that a, a row in Airtable represents uh, represents an instance of an entity, or a table represents a collection of entities, right? Um, and uh, so I, I taught them this concept and the concept of the relationships and how. So an, an, an example that I used, um, we built our database for calibration records for equipment, right? And so one piece of equipment will have many calibration records. And so I taught them this relationship and showed them in the database how, you know, to create this relationship by linking records, uh, by linking many calibration records to one piece of equipment. And so now those calibration records belong to that piece of equipment and uh, to guard against, you know, doubling that up such that a calibration record belongs to two pieces of equipment, because that would be, right. you know, a, a breach in the integrity of the data. Mm -hmm. um, and Airtable has certain guards in place for, for keeping that from happening, uh, but they aren't perfect. No, but this, at the time we're recording, this scripting is still kind of new. Um, as a feature, and I imagine that would make things a lot easier in yes. um, record duplication detection and things of that nature. Yeah, um, and actually the time that I started uh, building this database, uh, blocks hadn't even been released yet in Airtable. Mm -hmm. That wasn't even a thing yet. And when blocks were released, I was already underway working on this, um, and they had the dedupe block deduplication block they right. had the chart block and oh man it, so many blocks that just met so many of my needs right then and there as i was already in the middle of this project and it was just amazing and now yeah over the last few years i'm noticing kind of gaps and um you know you see a lot of people posting on the forums about hey it'd be really great to have this feature or that feature and you know kind of starting to feel frustrated that Airtable, it feels like they're moving so slowly, right? And mm -hmm. they're being they're being so careful in what they're releasing and how they're releasing it. And we'd really like to see some of these features. And then all of a sudden, just recently, they dropped the scripting block on us. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. You guys, <laughs> yeah. Have, you guys have been working on a very big, very important, very cool feature for quite a while now, haven't you? Yes. Um, so got, got to hand it to them. That was... Amazing. And yes, I have been using the scripting block like crazy since mm -hmm. then. <laughs> Another really cool aspect of Airtable in general, and then in particular, the scripting block um, in combination with that is how, um, how well it serves as a safe place to kind of learn these concepts of SQL, yeah. um, of, you know, databases and, and relational databases and how they work. And then, and then scripting and, and, you know, programming in general. Um, I have three kids and I can already, um, I can already uh, see how I'm going to use Airtable as a safe place to start learning uh, or to start teaching them JavaScript and mm -hmm. uh, for them to start learning in a safe environment with a built-in database, um, how they can, you know, manipulate data, how they can build little tools for themselves uh, to accomplish what they need to accomplish. Um, and Airtable uh, all along served as a great learning tool for me as well while I was learning how to program and trying to understand web technologies um, because it's just such a, a beautiful user interface, so well, you, so well designed. Um, it really helped kind of solidify the, the concepts in my mind of, of how these web tools work.
um, as I was as I was going through this process of learning. And uh, at the company I was at um, in the construction industry, uh, with all this space that they gave me to learn programming and to to build out this Airtable database, um, I ultimately decided that I wanted to move into the web technology sector full time, and that, that that's what I wanted to do for for a career from then on. So. Um, started started uh, looking for jobs in that space, and and that's where I'm at now. I just uh, a few months ago got a job with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Arizona um, as a test automation developer. So I write scripts now uh, that test our mobile application, our Android and iOS mobile applications, um, writing in uh, the C sharp language, and we use the Xamarin platform uh, to build our mobile apps, and so. You know the the skills and tools that I've learned, uh, in large part through using Airtable, uh, have been have contributed to, uh, you know, this ability to make a career change into web technologies, especially at my age in my in my mid thirties. It's it's a tough process to make a career change like that. Well, congratulations, and I'm glad you were able to do that because. I'm I'm starting to get the itch too, but I'm not going to do it quite yet. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to show us something you've made in Airtable? Yeah, sure. Um, man, I've used Airtable for so many things. Um, uh, you know, some, sometimes one-off bases that I'll build for a particular thing, like, uh, uh, you know, karaoke voting <laughs> database when we have karaoke night great, with friends. Great. Or, you know, and, and then, of course, there's always the business applications, too, where I've, you know, taken on clients and, and helped them build out uh, a photography um, uh, project management database or uh, event management database. Um, I've built, I've transitioned my uh, home budgeting fully into Airtable. And in fact, that was the database I was initially thinking about showing uh, for this meeting uh, because that's definitely the, the one where I have the most going on uh, in terms of Airtable functionality and in particular using the scripting block quite heavily in my in my budgeting database um, but number one i realized it'd be really difficult to scrub the data <laughs> in a budgeting database in such a way that it's uh, safe to show it off um, and then number two a lot of your previous podcast guests have have already talked about these kinds of applications uh, business-based project management based uh, finances um, so I decided I'm going to show off something rather whimsical uh, and fun that I built for myself uh, and that actually gets quite a bit of use, um, interestingly. Um, so I have a database that I will show you in just a minute where I track uh, scoring for uh, one of my favorite board games. Um, so I use it to, to initiate a, board, a game session for this board game. Uh, and then uh, collect scores from uh, all of my friends who are playing with me at the end of the game. Uh, and then my database, uh, you know, runs the numbers and does all kinds of analysis uh, in order to, number one, provide the winner of the game. And then number two, provide ongoing statistics for, um, for our game sessions. Um, and in fact, my building this database, I, I just started you know, dabbling as a, as a fun thing. Uh, but as a result of my building it, it, it kind of became an establishment uh, in our household and among our friends, uh, such that 
every Sunday going forward, we started playing this same board game every Sunday. We, we'd have friends over, they'd come over, we'd play this game. And it was just so much fun and is so much fun to, uh, you know, keep track of our statistics and, and see those numbers change every week and be able to kind of analyze those and figure out if our strategies are working and if we're going to try something else the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kept building onto this base, adding more and more features to it. So the, the game that I built it for is called Seven Wonders. Um, okay. So we actually, uh, we call Sundays Swan Day now, short for Seven Wonders Day. <laughs> um, and so I actually also added some automation to my database um, as a way to create the, uh, the game session. Um, so I'm actually also using the Airtable API. Um, and I'm oh, okay. using, yeah, I'm using it in, in, in conjunction with uh, iOS shortcuts. Um, so that's what I'm going to show off. But this can definitely be done on Android devices too with apps like uh, IFTTT, uh, Zapier. Um, and I'm sure, that, I'm sure that Android also has some sort of JavaScript or Python scripting environments that you can install on your phone to, to do this kind of thing as well. Um, but iOS Shortcuts is just a really um, convenient, easy-to-use uh, application um, for building out scripting flows kind of step-by-step telling your phone, hey, do this, now do this, and then take that data and do this. And you can actually use it to uh, hit an API endpoint as well. Um, So I've, uh, can you grab my box lid here? Because I want to show you, I actually added uh, an NFC tag to the lid of my Seven Wonders box here. (laughs) Yeah. And so I can can just take my phone and, and just swipe it on that NFC tag and it kicks off my uh, my shortcut for me. And so this shortcut asked me uh, a couple questions to get the game started. What expansions do I want to play with? What game number is this uh, for the day? So if we're playing multiple games back to back, I can label them game one, game two, etc. And then it pulls up a list of all my contacts that I have in my contact list, uh, who I have uh, tagged as uh, players of Seven Wonders. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going through this workflow now. I'm going to select myself and I'm going to select you, Camille, as mm-hmm. players in the game. And then what it's going to do is uh, actually send out a text message. So you should get a text message here soon. I did. Yeah. And it shows you um, what wonder you're playing. So that got randomized inside of my iOS shortcut. It randomized out of all the wonders that are available, which one you're going to be playing as. Mm-hmm. Um, it showed me what order to put those wonders in. So it randomizes seating order as well. Okay. Um, and then it gives you a link to view uh, guides and stats. So these are all stored in Airtable, but I have shared views that I'm hosting uh, on a website. And so you can go in at any time. My friends can go to this website and see their stats for uh, all of our games of Seven Wonders that we've played. And then also in the text Mm. message, there is a link to the form to submit scores at the end of the game. So that's what I do. Uh, Whenever friends come over and we play Seven Wonders, I just have to swipe my phone on my NFC tag on the box. And it goes through this whole process of, of randomizing the wonders, randomizing the seating order, and then it creates the game in Airtable by hitting that API endpoint, uh, creates a new game record. So now I'll show you the uh, database here. 
Sure. I'm Stonehenge B, by the way. Oh, okay. And I'm playing Giza, uh, the pyramids of Giza, side B. Look at that. My API endpoint didn't actually hit this time around. That mm -hmm. does happen from time to time. But what it does is it would create a new game record here. So there'd be a, a row with no scorecards yet. And, uh, and then I have this, this view where I'm singling out the current game uh, that I've just created. So it filters to show I have a formula that is uh, filtering out all, all, the, all the other games so only the most recently created one shows. And that way when, um, when my friends go to submit their scores through the form, they only have the one game to select from to attach their scorecard to. So they mm -hmm. actually select that game as, uh, as a linked record inside the form and it links it to this most current game. Uh, so that all, you know, a way to ensure that all of our scorecards are being attached to the same game uh, for proper comparison. Um, so then over in the scores table, this is where all the scorecards uh, get submitted to. Um, and so the player will select their name. I have all everyone's names in the in a database also in a player's table here. Um, they'll select their name, they'll attach it to the game, they'll uh, select what wonder they played uh, because we keep statistics on how well the wonders are doing and in addition to how well the players are doing. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's various expansions. Um, and so one of those is leaders. So they'll attach the leaders that they played with and then they'll go through uh, and fill in all of their scores that they got throughout the game. Um, Seven Wonders is a pretty, uh, it, it takes a lot of effort to score the game at the end. You have to do a lot of counting of this type of card and that type of card and how much money you have and all these things. Um, and so I try to make it as easy as possible to, uh, to go through and score these things. Um, I try to remove as much of the mental math as possible. So for example, one of the things that at the end of the game is you get one point for every three gold that you have. So instead of asking the players, how many points did you get from gold? I just ask them, total up your gold for me. How much gold do you have at the end? And put that number in. That's much easier than trying to you know, total it up and then divide by three and round down to the nearest uh, whole number there. And so they just put it in their coin total. And then I do the math to figure out what their points are from coins. Even more complicated than that is the science area, uh, where based on the number, there are three different symbols for science that you can build uh, that kind of represent the scientific advancement of your civilization that you're building throughout the game. Um, and based on the number of each one that you have and the combinations of the kinds of symbols that you have, your score will be different. And so you have to do some, some math there to figure out what your score is. And so I handle all of that math in a pretty, pretty big formula. Um, I wrote the formula out in, in a code editor and making a line for each new statement, like an if statement or a, a math, mathematical comparison or whatever, I do a new line. And uh, in the code editor, this formula comes out to over 200 lines. So it's a, that's a, okay. pretty, big, <laughs> it's a pretty big formula that has to do all the math uh, to try and figure out what is the best score that this player can have out of the science symbols that they have. Um, it's kind of complicated too, because there are some wild card symbols in there. So the player can have a wild card and they can turn that into any symbol that they want, whichever one gets them the most points. 
And so I do all of that in an algorithm for them, figuring out what's which symbol would be would get you the most points out of this wild card. Um, so they don't have to do that math anymore. <laughs> my my algorithm does it for them. And then at the end uh, of all that, of course, it it spits out a final score. And then back in the games table, I have formulas that are that are comparing all those scores, uh, ordering the players. You see here. Um, I single out the winner in a roll-up, uh, and I have to do quite a bit of passing data back and forth uh, in yeah. lookups and roll-ups between the scores table and the games table. Mm-hmm. Um, so we single out the winner, and then I order the uh, second place through last place. So that's the other thing is there's a variable amount of players. It could be anywhere from two players to eight players in the game. And so I have to figure out uh, in the process how to how to only, you know, get the number of players that I need, how to only make the right number of comparisons, only output the right number of lines um, in, in, these, uh, in these text output formulas that I have. So there's just a lot of work going on behind the scenes. You see yeah, in my- I, I was going to say, I can't help but notice you have 62 hidden fields. <laughs> yes. So yeah, like I have to take, for example, a scores roll up where I roll up all the scorecards uh, that came in. And then I have to actually splice each score off from those scorecards. And, you know, it's been so long since I built this that I can't remember exactly why I had to do it this way. And I'm sure the scripting block could take care of a lot of this stuff for me now. But of course, you know, I, I, I've already got this built the way I need it. So I'm yeah. going to go in and, you know, re re-engineer it if it's working right now. But yeah, I have to splice off each score and then take the remainder and splice off the next score, take the remainder, splice off the next score, and then put all of those in, in a ranking order. And then I also actually have to uh, make a comparison if there happens to be a tie for first place, if there's a tie between two people, actually for any place, the next thing that gets compared is your total coin, your total gold in the game. Uh, so I actually have to make a comparison there too. Um, and actually, I got you know quite a bit of help through the forums from from some other very genius Airtable users as I was building this out and trying to figure out how to get all of this done. And so one of the things that uh, um, that I came up uh, with the with the help of another Airtable user was uh, to actually just tack a uh, player's total coin score uh, on as a decimal to their point score, so that I can just make a straight comparison. Uh, your point dot coin total uh, as a sort of, you know, as a, as a decimal number. So which, whoever has the most mm. coin is going to come out on top anyways in that comparison. Right. And then when I go to display those scores, I just format it such that the decimal doesn't show. And then I can, I can pull off the coin total again. Um, so you see in parentheses next to the player's name here, I have their, in the display, I have their point total, their name, uh, and then, the, their total coin score uh, next to their name in parentheses. Um, so I can display all of that information, a fun little thing before, before I actually had the text message that went out with the link is I had this QR code that I made uh, for the link to the scorecard. Um, mm. So I, I could just pull that QR, that QR code up on my phone and, uh, you know, hold it out and have everyone scan it to, to pull up the form to submit their scores Mm-hmm. Now I do all of that with the, the automation through the text message. Um, 
I also pass a bunch of information, a bunch of data back to the players table uh, as part of this game. I pass back their, their score, their coin total, and also how many points they scored in each of the categories. So there's, there's all these different categories as you're building your civilization through the game, uh, military, culture, science, uh, your cities. Um, so I pass all of that information back into the players table where I have all of these statistics. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> so there's all these uh, points from military. Um, what percentage of the points that you've earned across all of your games have come from military points? Um, what percentage have come from coin? What percentage have come from your wonder board? Um, and it, it's, it's fun to, you know, to see all of these statistics and to go, oh, like, I went military heavy that game and it didn't turn out so well. So maybe I'll try more science next time, or maybe I'll try a little bit more of a balance next time instead of trying to invest heavily in one thing. Um, and it's just so much fun to see those things. So I pass all that data back to the players table and then again, an uh, analyze it all and pull it back into the games table to display the player's statistics. Um, these are statistics across all games. And so, after a player has submitted their, uh, their scorecard through the form, I have it redirect uh, to this shared page where they can see the scores coming in. They have to refresh the page every now and then as, as players are submitting their scores, but they can see updated uh, rankings of how everyone did in the game. And then they can also see uh, these kind of score or these uh, statistics that they've been accruing across all their games. So they can see their, their win percentage going up or down. They can see their success rate, uh, which is a factor of where you placed uh, among the number of players in the game. So mm -hmm. if you're playing a six-player game and you ranked in the middle, you're going to have a 50%. Actually, I guess you can't be right in the middle in a six-player game, but you get the point. <laughs> you, yeah. you'll, be, you'll have a success rate based on where you placed in the game. Um, and so you see these numbers uh, kind of growing, changing, morphing, uh, every time we add a game to the list. Um, and then you can kind of see uh, also where uh, across all of your games, where have you gotten your most points? Where do you tend to focus? Um, and it's just, it's just so much fun to see this, you know, so much fun such that, like I said, we kind of, this, this kind of became an established institution in our home that uh, we have friends over and we play seven wonders. Um, you know, we add, add more statistics to the database. Mm -hmm. um, I have to ask, yeah. Has anyone accused you of cheating, fudging these numbers? They, you know, not, not seriously. No. Okay. They, you know, we always joke, of course, that I could go in and, and change things at any time if I wanted to. But, you know, so could my wife. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. No, they, they, uh, they trust me to be the, the keeper of the data. It all works out. In terms of blocks, too, I've got, a, uh, I've got two blocks here. Um, so I've got a block for the current game scores. So as uh, it's a chart block um, and just a bar graph. And as the scores come in, uh, you can see, you know, someone else's up, oh, there's there's uh, Kristen's score, there's Robin's score, up, oh, there's Jeremy's score. And, you know, it's kind of a, a visual comparison of who, who scored the most points in the game. Um, so just just another way to see the, the scores coming in for the current game. But then there's also this, page designer block where I've used the page designer uh, in combination with a uh, leader print pages. So leaders, 
I don't want to go too much into detail here, but it's, it's part of the game where you can recruit leaders and they have a particular effect in your civilization. And there are so many of them. You can see there, there's uh, 62 leader cards mm-hmm. and all the leader card has on it is a little symbol that represents the effect that that leader has. And so it can be hard to keep those symbols straight and remember, what does that symbol mean? <laughs> what, what does this leader actually do in the game? Um, so I put together uh, this table where I describe uh, what effect that leader has. Uh, and then I also give a little suggestion of what, what age uh, it's best to play that leader in. The, the game is played throughout uh, over the course of, of three ages. And some leaders are better early on, some leaders are better later, some of them it doesn't matter or it depends. And then also another fun thing about Seven Wonders is uh, uh, the fact that it's, it's a historically based game. And so all of these leaders are actual characters from history, people from history uh, who are prominent for some reason or other. And so I put a little bio for each, um, almost all of the uh, leaders in the game. Um, so all of this is hosted in a shared view up on the, the website that I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people can go and see all of this information about the leaders in the game. Um, and then I also linked all, all of these leaders to a leader pages table for a page one, page two, front and back side um, of this uh, leaders reference sheet that I built in the page designer block, where I'm just pulling in all of the linked leader records from this field here, uh, which I didn't actually rename because I was only using this it's uh, fine <laughs> yeah using this table real quick to pull them in to to organize this into a two a two page thing because you can see uh 62 liters would not fit on a single printed out uh eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper sure um so i have page one and page two of this thing where all of the leaders are listed out along with a description of the effect that they have um that's really clever um, one of the most requested features is uh, multi-page page designer pages. Right. Well, to be able yeah. to print a page designer description um, right. over the course of many different pages, and this is a very good way to do that. Yeah, it was, cool. yeah, yeah, just a little workaround because I, of course, hit that hit that problem that so many other people have hit. Where like. Ah, I just, I need this spread across two pages, but mm-hmm. the page designer block is, you know, it's, it's really well designed for creating one page. Um, but if you need to go beyond that and you hit that limitation. So yeah, I, I just created another table and it of course did take some, some manual organizing here where I had to uh, decide how many leaders to put on the first page. Right. So yeah. I, linked them in alphabetical order and, you know, had to rearrange them, get them all arranged properly. Uh, but yeah, the end result is that um, as, as a record in this, uh, in this leader print pages table, um, I have all of the leaders that I want to show up on this particular page. And then all the leaders that I want to show up on the page too. And then I, I printed these uh, several of these off uh, two sided uh, so that uh, it's just a one-sheet reference, a one-page reference that players can use and uh, laminated them and stuck them in my game box. <laughs> I love that they're laminated. Yes, of course. <laughs> I am that kind of a, that kind of a board game nerd. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
so that's my uh, my seven wonders tracking database, and um, I've got some other some other tables in here where I'm playing around with some ideas. It's possible to play the game in teams if you have an even number of players, and okay. So I've been kind of toying with trying to figure out how I could adapt this to allow for team scoring. I haven't quite gotten that to work yet. I've also attached all the rule books in here, and I have these uh, in a shared view so that all my friends can easily get to the rule book um, to reference something if they need to. There are uh, some quick references for all those symbols that I was talking about that are in the game that are on the cards. And so if you forget what a symbol means, and someone else is using the physical rule book at the table, uh, you can always just hop onto my website real quick on your phone and pull up the uh, pull up the, the rule book that you need to see and find the symbol that you're wondering about. That's my that's my seven wonders database. Totally, totally whimsical, totally fun, but uh, we, we use it a lot. Yeah, I I can see that. I couldn't imagine trying to do all of the scoring after each game and not have your guests be just pins and needles for 20 minutes or however long it would take to pull in all of these different variables and factors and things. So an excellent example of, I have this thing that I want to do. What is the best way to do it? And the answer being a database. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like I said, I use Airtable for so many other things too. Um, we recently started using it for, uh, we, we actually, uh, my wife and I homeschool. Um, and so we, we've been doing the homeschool thing since, uh, since well before this pandemic. And now everyone yeah. is doing the homeschooling. But uh, so we've been using Airtable for uh, organizing our homeschool work um, and allowing our daughter to get in and uh, uh, mark off her assignments is done. So we'll, you know, put in all the information, we can attach any documents that she needs, and then she can just go through a checklist for the day uh, to get all of her work done. Um, you know, so for all those people that are out there uh, listening during this uh, coronavirus pandemic of 2020, uh, and needing a solution for organizing your work at home, your schoolwork, uh, this, is, this is a great solution. Um, we use it for meal planning. Um, Camille, yep. I know you. I know you've built a, a meal planning database that you've I got did. shared up on the universe. Um, and I think it's quite possible that we used your meal planning database as a starting point for, hey. build, for uh, yeah for customizing our own. Uh, yeah, so definitely uh, recommend people go to the universe, uh, the Airtable universe, and and check out what's there because there's a lot of great starting places for uh, for solutions for just all kinds of workflows that you might need. I would agree. Um, And especially since now more and more um, additions to the universe include pre-made scripts. And so you might not even have to search for that kind of component separately. Um, Thank you so much for being here um, and for showing your incredible base. Um, I hope you're still able to play um, with your friends, despite the world being weird, hopefully you can just use um, video chat. And because you have an Airtable, everyone still has access to everything that they need. Hopefully, maybe. Yeah, we've definitely had to had to make some changes in the way we do our our board game nights. But uh, yeah, we're still we're still playing, still having fun. Good. Uh, thank you so much for yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It was it was fun. Have this opportunity to share how I'm using Airtable and. Uh, 
and uh, encourage all of your listeners to uh, explore and and uh, yeah, like like you said, uh, you know whatever whatever that idea is that you have, um, I'd really like to be able to track this. Uh, I guarantee you can find a way in Airtable to make it work and and probably to do far more than you thought you could with Airtable and and automation and whatnot. So yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thanks.